Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. But this is a story not of a universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome into DC On Screen episode 505. Yay! I am your host, David C. Robertson. <laughs> this is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. <laughs> what was that little yay? Yay! Seemed exciting. <laughs> it seemed exciting. I'm glad it still seems exciting after all these years. God, it's been too long. All right, now you got me depressed. Let's just start. Got you depressed? What? Years. God, they passed so quickly. It has. It has been years. Oh, man. I have gray. I'm about to be a parent. I feel old. Let's just keep going. Let's go back to fiction world. Talk about <laughs> fiction stuff, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Fiction is better sometimes. I want to do I fiction have for a, a minute. I didn't have a bad week at all. <laughs> it was. If you, uh, if you guys follow yeah. me on social media, I feel like, I feel compelled. I feel like I have to say something about it. Um, so Saturday was my birthday. At about, I got off work at about two. I don't know, twelve thirty in the morning. But twelve thirty uh, in the morning on my birthday, I was. Preparing to uh, make some uh, some potatoes and onions, some to fry up some potatoes and onions, slicing the potatoes on a five dollar mandolin from Walmart, and um, took off the tops of my fingertips. I they just wondered how you'd done the that. Ba- and the mandolin slicer makes sense. Yeah, bastard! Just the bastards just slipped uh, down a little further than I thought they were. The and, devil in the um, kitchen, Dave. The yeah. devil of the kitchen. So uh, rushed to the emergency room. They uh, they they. Pumped me full of lidocaine. My fingers, they were all swollen, like big old thick stuffed sausages. And uh, that didn't stop the stop it from hurting them, like shooting me up in the fingertips, in mm-hmm. the wounds. Sure. With uh, right in a- coagulant. Because there was nothing for, you know, the, uh, what do you call them? The, um, I don't remember. Whatever. The, there's nothing for anything to grab onto to start, uh, to stop bleeding. The, the capillaries. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. it was just, yeah. so it like I, I. Yeah, I like I joked with the nurse that I traded my fingers for mu- uh, for for blood guns on my birthday. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, and then the next night the gauze, the the coagulant gauze that they used to stop the bleeding, they just threw well, jello at the top of your hands and were like, put some gauze on it. Go. Yeah, like there's like a coagulant gauze they use, and they shoved it in there, and it uh, stuck to the wounds. I couldn't get them off like they promised me I'd be able to get them off. Sure. So back to the emergency room. And they charged me all over again. I don't know if you know that, but there's no return policy um, <laughs> in an fingers. emergency room. No, no. There like, no. Oh, well, I mean, this is a separate thing. Well, but you caused it. 
Well, here's your copay. It's you the wanna, same as it was. Do you want to sit around and prove that, or do you want to worry about your loss of blood? It's your call. It's your call. Right. So, they finally gave me some, like, it wasn't bleeding as bad, so, the well, one of them was, but they gave me these little yellow strips, and they're like, that, these won't stick to Gorilla Glue. Well, my fingers aren't Gorilla Glue, and guess what they did? The next <laughs> night, I didn't go back to the emergency room, but, uh, <laughs> thankfully, I went, I had gone down for a birthday dinner, my sister's a nurse, so she, she helped me out, mm-hmm. gave me some, uh, some, some saline and stuff, and, nice. oh, my lord. It's been a rough week. That is rough. I also wondered, I, the mandolin makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways, though, because I, I, I kept trying to imagine how you had done that. It, it's your right hand, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know you're a right-handed cutter. Uh-huh. Like, I was trying to, like, did his hand get tired from chopping too many potatoes, and he went to the other one, the knife was dull, and just, blah, oh. nothing. Nah. I couldn't figure it out. It was a weird angle. That this all makes more sense. I should have thought of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mandolin and, slicers, I mean, man. I, Public service announcement. Don't underestimate them. Just yeah, don't. and that's the sad thing. Like I didn't think I was, because like I had like my hand wrapped in, um, I had my hand wrapped in uh, paper towels, and even considered using an oven mitt. And I'm like, nah, that oven mitt. I probably need to wash it before I actually put food directly on it. So I had my hand wrapped in a paper towel. And my fingers just slipped right out of the paper towel. Oh, the pa- the paper towel gave you false wow. comfort, is what happened to It did. It did. And, I you have, know, they have the little grip. They came, it came with a little grip <laughs> the little to hold crap. on to. you got to get a good it one is. for the little grip to not be crap. It is. The little grip is crap, and also, like, the potatoes were too small to fit inside the grip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Those tongs are shot. But that said, there was no actual pain when it lopped off my fingers. That thing was sharp. Oh, it's a good blade. For, five, for $5 at Walmart? I mean, because it's, it's got, like, separate attachments. It's a cheese grater, two different cheese graters, and a mandolin. Oh, yeah. And it has, like, a little it has like a little uh, compartment that you put a little lid on. It keeps your stuff fresh. Yeah. Um, I couldn't find my fingertips. No. I don't know where those went. They're gone. Burn everything <laughs> and start over. I mean, for those for those cheap slicers like that, like, uh-huh. if a dollar of that five bucks is profit and another dollar is overhead and shipping, like, for the three dollars that are left, like, Two of those dollars are sharpening that crappy blade. Yeah, that blade was sharp. It means good stuff. business. Yeah, I, I, it, no kidding. I have used one of the uh, iron, like one of the mesh gloves. You know, like chain mm-hmm. chainmail gloves. I've used one of those on a slicer before, just because I thought, why not? And I, at some point, heard a chink and thought, yeah, screw you, buddy. I got you. I won uh-huh. that round. And you looked in. There's like holes in the glove. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Now, I mean, I've, anyway. I've, that's a glove that I had like tested on a deli slicer, and and that's a scary feeling when you're running one of the like deli slicers with the the super fast wheel, and you hear like a chink, and it's it it scares you down at the mm. bottom of your spine, but because it is so sharp that if you got to bone, you wouldn't know for just a fraction of a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I'll, I'll the only reason I knew is not because it hurt, but because I felt resistance, and I went, oh no, <laughs> potato was not supposed to object so much. Yeah, it was like I was holding a, my fingers were fishing lines, and I felt a tug, and I went yeah. no, mm. and I looked, and sure enough, like just blood everywhere. Like oh, oh no, yeah, that was the worst part of it. Honestly, was all of the freaking shots in my fingertips, and like ripping the bandages because they just ripped the the stupid son of a bitch and gauze right off my fingertips, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they like they were just like dripping some saline on it, going like oh yeah, this will help. I'm like no bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I got dizzy when you ripped that off. Don't tell me this is helping. 
<laughs> anyway, that's rough. A lot of stuff happened. We should probably talk about it. Speaking we, of which, we weren't around last which, week. If you hear any dogs in the background, we have a migraine situation happening right now. Oh yeah, we're so good. So all, all the doors dogs are, are open in my house, and the dogs yeah. are available, and I can't lock myself in my DC cave and do my my, my podcasting. Right. So, well, this is a podcast, so you can have dogs. Yeah. Kevin Smith has proven that, if no one else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, been listening so, to a lot of Time Suck. A lot of dogs on that, too. Mm-hmm. It's all right. We'll be okay. I'm so excited, though, man. Uh, about 40 minutes before, like right now, they released the Harley Quinn DC Universe trailer. Yes. The animated series trailer. And I know this is TV, and we don't normally talk about it up front, but, I mean, they, they did make some swipes at DC movies. They made swipes at everything. They made swipes at the fandom. They made swipes at the Deadpool animated series. <laughs> this thing sound, looks this fantastic. Thing, it, it, it can't be qualified or quantified, this trailer. It was fantastic, man. And it, it really did, like, traverse every <laughs> everything we talk about, everything we worry about at night. Things I've lost sleep over, like, seriously, up at night after just reading too much of Twitter going like, how are we ever going to get a film out again? Like, how, why would we, why would they give us another film? The fans are, are, are just tearing each other apart. Why? Why? Uh-huh. Yeah. A little here's, catharsis here's watching thing, this one. I don't, you know, if if we could just have animated series that, are just, that look as good as this trailer looked, I, I wouldn't care about ever seeing another film. Oh, yeah. I could, it'd be all right. Look great. This thing is like, uh, uh, she's just, I don't want to do another dark thing. I want to have fun. And we've got Poison Ivy going, they're going to hate it. Yeah. They hate everything. We've got Diedrich Bader as Batman reprising the role from Batman the Brave and the Bold, just kind of popping down. Literally going, there's popping no down. fun in There's no fun in Arkham Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just so He's a real buzzkill. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I love the little jibes, the, the, the the little remarks about like oh they're gonna hate it but over and over again even when they show the logo going uh, the logo like oh they're gonna hate it yeah just she's like oh is that the logo I like it and they're gonna hate it yeah <laughs> and there, this is there's a great a great cast here we're talking about uh, Alan Tudyk is in this thing like Bell J B Smoove of Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, uh, Jason Alexander from Seinfeld Wanda Sykes uh, from Blackish and Curb Your Enthusiasm and every damn thing and else stand up. And, yeah, I mean, well, you know, trying to... I just don't want to say from stand-up. <laughs> I know. It's just where I first learned about her, and she was huge for years. Well, sure. I'm glad she lost weight. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, guys. Okay. Jim Rash, Diedrich Bader, like I said, Tony Hale. Love Tony Hale. I'm just excited about this. This is this is so fun. I... I, I that was uh, a spare-no-expense cast. really was. Absolutely. So... We're going to go ahead and jump back into movies. I just want to bring that up. Uh, you know, we were they, super excited. We were super excited, and it looks super good. Um, <laughs> and you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me a little bit of um, it, it reminded me of uh, MTV's Spawn a little bit in the art direction, hmm. the backgrounds and stuff. Yeah. And it also reminded me, um, weirdly, like with Poison Ivy the way she was, it reminded me of Daria. I swear I thought of the same thing. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, another MTV thing. I believe it was Daria, and yes, I had the same flash. Daria, yeah. yeah. Sorry, it's it's been about 20 years. But yeah, Daria. How dare you not remember that time when MTV had animated? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I remember it. I just brought it up. <laughs> I just didn't remember I the... I mean, in perfect detail. Well, I mean... As though we can announce names in the present day. We will watch an episode of Supergirl, and you still call her Kara. I know. I know. Get off my back, man. <laughs> 
Although I swear, have you seen the little, have you seen the little cartoon of the cat because like some characters refer to her as Kara and Kara. Yeah. So sometimes I do it intentionally, and sometimes I forget who the hell I'm talking about. Roz, Ray, Ray, Shroff. Yeah. Um, Raj. Have you seen the little cartoon of the cat on the counter on the phone? And he's like, and she said, "Get off the counter." I'm like, "Get off my ass." Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I just saw it recently. Anyway, we're going to jump into movies. Uh, before that, though, if you want to join us on Facebook, because we talked about the finger thing, and we talked about some of this Joker stuff. Um, last week we did a canned episode. We got some pretty good response out of that. That was fun. Um, yeah, we did a uh, actress who should play the Joker, so you know, by all means, mm-hmm. that is an evergreen. Go back, listen to it. You don't need anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash group slash DC on screen podcast, or leave us a voicemail, 205-259-6331. It's Jordan Valdez's birthday today, by the way. Oh, happy birthday. We we haven't had a voicemail from that guy in a while. I hope hope he's okay, prospering, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so we got Joaquin in makeup. Yeah, we did. It's like, uh, it's the Arthur Fleck, by the way, someone mentioned that it was... um, the initial A, Fleck, Affleck. Kevin Smith. Womp womp. Was it Kevin Smith who brought that up? I think it was Kevin Smith who actually pointed that out. I've just seen it on Twitter. So right, I, at the very I, least, he was the one who made it famous as far as I could tell. I saw several articles okay. referring to him doing it, uh, bringing it up, I think on Fat Man, but I'm not sure about that either. I think it, No, I think it was yeah. Instagram. You know what? I don't know where the hell he brought it up. I think he brought it up. <laughs> Backtrack. Every time I re-roll. see an article that's like, re-roll. Kevin Smith has an, uh, has an opinion, I'm like, that's not news. I just move on. <laughs> I know constantly that Kevin Smith has an opinion about everything we talk about. Yeah, and if you get someone who's better at talking than he is, he will believe them and have a different opinion about it. Yeah. <laughs> Which sometimes works in our favor. I did like I did like him pointing this out there. That was funny. And I hope it's intentional because that's, that's, oh, that's absolutely. so much funnier. That would be funny. Yeah. So anyway, he's we've got like a we've got footage of him. It's like, they're like little projections of himself in clown makeup. And he begins to smile. And then we see he's in the makeup. He's got a red nose. He's got uh, got little eyebrows. He's got little, some like little arrow eye makeup thing going on. It's somewhat situation. unusual for Joker. Yeah, it's, it's his not outfit looks. No, it is not. His outfit looks very classic Joker, though. Um, it looks more like his outfit looks classic Joker, but his face looks like he glanced at a clown, couldn't quite remember it, and tried anyway. Mm-hmm. His hair looks like Ledger. And I actually don't you know, mean a lot that of is a bad are, thing, by the way. Oh no, yeah. Um, they have the guess who's, uh, laughing, playing over the clip. Yeah. And, uh, this is Todd Phillips. He officially released it. They're calling it, uh, test footage. And he says, here's the issue. We have paparazzi all over our set at every turn. And it bums me out that they constantly put out their bad shots. So I figure may as well put out some good ones. And he has continued with that. He's put out, uh, photos of Zazie Beats. He's put out, uh, a picture of, uh, Joaquin fully in clown costume, with like the bald cap and the big shoes and like the checkered checkered jacket. Right. And I we keep seeing all the set pictures and I've seen footage of of certain things and them like hurrying up and putting boards over things and not let trying to get the paparazzi out. It is a bummer. So I'm not going to go into all of that stuff. We're not going to talk about all those things. I will give it this though. You know our continuing uh almost anthem at this point. Give them a minute. Uh huh. This is proving my point. Like you look at the 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 leaked photo, blah blah blah, and it looks weird and, and strange. And you look at the, the the thing Todd Phillips keeps releasing, and you think, okay, that looks fantastic. What are we doing here? Why were we mm-hmm. worried? 
Uh, I mean, you know, here's the thing. We've got enough to know that he is in this clown costume that kind of fits in with the struggling comedian thing. So all the people, the folder all online over, well, that doesn't look like the Joker's face. Well, give him a minute. Maybe he's in transition. And if there's any character where you can be like, dude, come on, there's no Joker's face. It, it's the Joker. He is known for having a, a no identity and a, a multiple identities. You can't, you can't get mad about him. Of all people, don't get mad about him. Just let it be. Yeah. I mean, enjoy this it or don't, is, but just go. This is a different take. I get the, I get the, you know, because I, I don't, I'm not crazy about the the clown makeup. I'm really not, but. Um, everything I'm seeing from the set footage, he looks like he's got some good, really good Joker movements down, uh, closer to, to Nicholson and Hamill than anything I've ever seen on screen Yeah, since those yeah. times. He's got a whimsy <clears throat> uh, to it how... that's kind of frightening. Absolutely. There's, there's an absolute whimsy to it. That's a good word. I didn't know what word to use and that was good. That was the one you wanted. Yep. Um, so... I'm just going to give him a minute. I, I'll see the thing, absolutely. Uh, my favorite, I think my favorite kind of film anyway it, are like little indie films. And if they're doing, I mean, that's one of the reasons I love B, BVS so much. It's a $400 million indie film. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I'll absolutely see Todd Phillips and Martin Scorsese make a little indie film with Joaquin Phoenix about the Joker. I don't know what they're doing. I'm not crazy about the makeup, but you know what? I'm not in charge. And, uh, Poison Ivy's right. They hate everything. Screw them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I hope a lot of people, a lot of the creators at this point, take a view similar to that. Is like, I don't know, man. I'm just going to do what I want to do because I'm not going to please mm-hmm. everyone. It's just not possible. Uh, more, more importantly, yeah. I hope the WB execs start letting these people take that view on because I know as creators, they have that thick of skin. They have to, to have made it that far. And there's always going to be something about your favorite character you don't like. Like, I constantly see, like, I love Superman to death, and I constantly see him with that weird mullet thing in the, like, 90s. And I think, oh, God, I don't love it. But that story's still good, and I still read it. It's fine. Yeah, I mean. You're not going to love everything all the time. Just enjoy, not, enjoy what you Scott can. Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder, uh, at this point, beloved writer from yeah. DC Comics. Yes. He worked on Batman Forever. Worked on uh, Metal. He's doing Justice League now. Killing Justice he says, League right now. In rela- in 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 relation to the uh, Joaquin makeup, he says, "I feel like it shouldn't work, and yet I'm genuinely crazy excited for it. It seems daring, weird, and dark in a way that could be visionary. In the end, the worst offense with Joker would be playing it safe, boring. So I'm all in for something like this. Yeah, probably. That's that sounds right. That's a good take. Yeah. So I don't know. Sorry, guys, if you were coming in hoping that we just." You know, pissed all over it. Nah. Coming in hot. No, but we're, I, I don't know. I'm like I said, mildly warm. Not crazy about his face. At best. Not crazy about his face. I'm good. I'll see it. <laughs> I don't think I have much feeling about the face. I really don't. Give, take. I'm pretty neutral about it. I'm a little afraid to say it might be a transition, though, because, you know, that's what we said about Leto, and that wasn't what happened. <laughs> uh, so. Leto, I'm still not completely crazy about the face but i love what he did and uh mm-hmm. looking back I, I wasn't crazy about ledger's face but damn yeah just damn yeah i can't remember how i was listening to it, it may have been suicide squad cast or fans without borders or somebody i don't know we're talking about like everybody was pissed off that ledger was like oh you didn't do the acid bath and then we did the acid bath and we're like oh i hate it it's not like ledger <laughs> shut I up i think it was tim 
<laughs> or I think I, I think it was Flight Cast. I'm not sure, but I think it was Flight Cast. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was Ray. Ray. Yeah, Flight yeah. Flight Cast. Yeah. I forget who, but it was. Yeah, it was that corner. <clears throat> that corner. That little corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So yeah, someone took a picture of uh, of a map, a subway tunnel map of of Gotham, and there's a lot of little fun things in here. Kane County, Burnside, we got McKean Island, Burnley, Otisburg. They put in Otisburg hmm. from the old Donner movie. Otisburg, it's a little place, Mister Luthor. <laughs> nice. Uh, we've got Amusement Mile, you know, Gotham Village. These are all good things. There's a little place called Snyder. Sure. It might be Scott. Might be Zach. I I would. I would just leave it ambiguous. No. There was some writer I saw that reported on it but said it's surely after Scott Snyder because the other guy was just someone who made a movie about two orphans fighting and I promptly blocked that individual and will never read another article from them. Like I, even even the biggest naysayers recognize that it's about more than that even if you thought it was boring or poorly executed. Yeah. Piss off, you troll. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I support you. Yep. Thank you. Feels good to be supported. It's like a bra for the soul. Mm. So there, there's, there are some pictures of uh, campaign posters for Thomas Wayne. I'll, I'll say this. Those early reports of a, a Trump type of caricature for Thomas Wayne seem like they're true. Uh, there's a there's a lot of a lot of set pictures and stuff of people campaigning against or protesting his uh, his campaign, and they are doing everything they. I mean, it is set in the '80s. They're doing everything to make him look like an '80s yuppie. Yeah. Like. Yeah, there's. He's got like an ascot or something, you know, like whatever that's called. <laughs> like there's <laughs> um, a kingpin. <laughs> there's plenty of '80s yuppie to draw from. Let's put it, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. a well worn trope by the end of. I don't know the mid nineties. Oh, it is. It absolutely is. And what's funny is one. I think Wonder Woman eighty four is doing the same thing. They're, they've basically made like Maxwell Lord a, a uh, an oil baron. He's, they've basically made him uh, Jr. from Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this uh, this <laughs> like the word tycoon when it was uh-huh. when it was at its peak. I think. Right. And they've they've got the on this poster they've got Wayne spelled backwards or not backwards uh just well a little backwards this W A N Y E so uh you know some people have suggested that, that might be uh purposeful like uh, part of Joker's uh, unreliable narration hmm. I've also heard that you know an intern probably just screwed up <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't hear that one. I just think that's probably what happened. I don't know. That's um, that's, that's not a bad. <laughs> I mean, if nothing else, you could explain it away, right? You know, when you look at the thing, if you had actually had it, if you had it framed correctly, and you move mm-hmm. the Y in the end, the Y would be going into his head. Mm. It would literally be going into his hair. So I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is. So you think it was a design decision? It may have been a design decision. It's framing his head in a way that you couldn't have done otherwise. If it was actually spelled mm-hmm. Wayne, you might not. It wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have fit. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, Diane Nelson popped over onto Twitter and said about the Walking Phoenix stuff, love it, great story, great actor, specific and strong vision from a talented director. What DC should have been doing since Nolan, even if diehard fans struggle with his vision, hashtag good movies are good movies. And uh, everyone attacked her. Yeah. And uh, Snyder Naturally. fans called her a snake, uh, referred to her and uh, her fellow producers as snakes in the grass. And... um she came out and said, uh, I happen to count Zack Snyder among those things, as in good movies are good movies. If you are insinuating otherwise, no snake here. And uh, the downpour of hatred continued until she left Twitter again. So, good job, fandom. <laughs> we are well on our way to the Dark Ages, what I refer to as the Dark Ages, when creators didn't talk to fans. Yeah. And we had no control over anything no power of suggestion, no civil discourse with our favorite uh, writers, or at least favorite writers and directors. Yeah. It's all coming back. I can see it clearly. Yeah. I, I feel like we're definitely going to at some point hit a moment where there's somebody X amount of years in the future that says, like, no, we, we can't make a superhero film. That We can't put that in the big yeah. screen. It's it's, to- it's toxic. It's terrible. We're not doing that. Right. The next time I'm at, a, I'm at a little coffee shop and I see some angry troll over in the corner on Twitter just sneering into his screen, I'm going to walk over and say, thank you for your service. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, Trailer Track is reporting that Alberta, the Alberta Film Ratings has uh, rated a new Shazam trailer. Mm-hmm. And uh, they think it's probably going to play on Venom. Maybe. Venom's gotten really poor ratings, so I, it might not. I don't know how those deals work out. Um. There's not, I don't know. Uh, Do you think they'd pull a trailer because a, a movie seems to be sucking? No, not if it's expected to be a lot in the first weekend, but it's still... Okay. I haven't seen a lot of crossover, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't remember too many times sitting down to watch either one of these films and seeing another universe's films on it. I mean, I have. Comic book movies are comic book movies, despite what the internet wants you to think. Weirdly enough, though, you you sit down and you watch like an MCU film and you see like uh, World of Warcraft or some crap. Like, they... they for some mm. reason, they think that because you watch uh, superhero films, you're into fantasy. It's not necessarily the truth. Sometimes right. it is. Not necessarily. So it, it's like whatever sci-fi or fantasy that is available at the time, like they'll throw that at you. But it, I don't remember it. I just don't remember it myself. I may be remembering that wrong, but I don't remember it. Yeah, I don't know. I've I see. I have seen less rhyme and reason than most people seem to believe there is. <laughs> I remember chaos. It is old. <laughs> I'm like looking at a Sandra Bullock chick flick and then there's like gravity's there and there's her again and I'm like why are we seeing so much of her and then all of a sudden it's like a horror film thing with a kid who looks like Eric Stoltz from The Mask yeah, yeah I don't know invariably something that feels like a Tyler Perry movie <laughs> invariably always something that feels like a Tyler Perry movie just thrown in there in the middle like, what do we do why, why? no okay that's all right. And, and the I'll give it this though you you get to the weird part of the trailers where you're like why would I never <laughs> no part of me would ever watch this movie and there's someone down there you can hear him whisper going like that's gonna be great all right yeah all right you know your audience sorry I didn't I wasn't in that focus group and I, I wasn't right. privy to that data and you're clearly the people that are so I, okay you win you right. win big studio <laughs> versus me just having like armchair reasoning yeah. And then there's like a CGI movie trailer about a squirrel played by the dude who played Gus Fring on Breaking Bad. And you're like, what are you doing here, Esposito? Yeah, yeah. 
like eventually there's going to be the Dr. Doolittle Robert Downey Jr. movie, right? It's a thing that's mm-hmm. happening. Apparently got pushed off. It's a thing that's about to happen in some form. <laughs> and I, I do wonder, because we don't know where the MCU is going to be at the time, whether they're going to throw uh-huh. his movie in before that. Because I, I do feel like there's a, a, a hesitation sometimes to put someone's movie if they're a marquee character in front of it. You know, you know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. But you wonder if you're going to be watching, like, I, I don't know what's going to be out in D.C. at the time. I don't know where they are going to be. But I wonder if you're going to be watching a DC movie and you're going to pop over and see like Robert Downey Jr. and, and Robert and, and Dr. Doolittle and think, well, that seems out of place, but I kind of get where they were coming from. Yeah. Very possible. Somewhat possible, at least. <laughs> I'm going to laugh in like three years if I see that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Heidek, man. Infinite diversity, infinite combinations. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I just said uh, a minute ago, I already kind of spoiled this on the show, uh, but Superhero, sorry, Super Bro Movies is confirming their own early report. Mm. So this is a special kind of special. Mm. <laughs> Which said that uh, Pedro Pascal was playing Maxwell Lord. Uh, they're expanding upon that saying we hear this version of Maxwell is more hammy than people would expect and it will be more it will be evident they have gone with a more liberal take on the character one thing that will differentiate him from his comic book counterpart is the fact that he won't have the psychic powers that he sometimes wield in the wields in the comics wow. uh, I would absolutely expect Patty Jenkins and company to make another hammy villain because their template and I'm not trying to shit on them or whatever put them down their template is the daughter the dick donner superman films yeah that's what they did in the first wonder woman guess what that was a success so they're going to follow through with that and make another hammy it's like gonna be like gene hackman doing jr that's what it's gonna be like Mm. like i have 17 oil rigs uh you know it's just gonna be bad this is for me uh, most people will enjoy it (laughs) i still disagree but okay. I understand where your take's coming from. I just disagree on how much it should be or will be enjoyed. Right. I, I'm saying for me, like I'm not going to enjoy that as much. I get it. The like the literally the last time I enjoyed that was Gene Hackman doing it, and I thought, oh, that's cool. I never want to see that again. And then you but that locked was good. it away into a corner of your brain. You hope never to visit, except <laughs> sentimentally. And then <laughs> someone like pillaged that grave and started throwing the chunks of the corpse at you, and and here you are. Yeah. And that person was Brian Singer, and I thought we had learned our lesson, but here we are. <laughs> no, here we are. <laughs> if it, I do get where you're see, coming I, from. I, you know, I, I, I see it. I, I understand it. I just have yeah. – I don't have the same connotation. So I yeah. I see that, and I think, well, this is fun. And I, See, I liked everything about Wonder Woman but the villains. I do get that, though. The I do get when you, yeah. you, you've said several times mustache twirling. I get it. Yeah, that's exactly it what is, they are. Tammy's another is good to me word the weak for it. point of the. Uh, well, no, I don't know. I like mustache twirling. I prefer <laughs> the imagery. Well, yeah, of course. And this guy's got a mustache, so yeah, he he definitely has a stash. Yeah, now I, I yeah I get it. I do. I, it didn't. Uh, it's one of those things where like so, you're not gonna love everything. It's one of those yeah, things where like not. I still really enjoyed the crap out of the film, and I still get your point. And it it's not its best self, I guess, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, we'll see. Could do better there. Oh, doesn't look like it's maybe going to do better on that angle for you going forward. I worry for you. No, it doesn't. Yeah, well, I don't know. I could have some other action <clears> though, where I I see the the sequel and think we're doing this again. Okay, all right. I think I'm taxed. Mm-hmm. I, I, it may happen. 
See, I'm worried for you for Wonder Woman 1984 because it's set in 1984. You are you are already predisposed to hate this film. Yes, I know. It does it does it does worry me. Yeah. Like I saw a fanny pack on set and thought this <clears throat> this this doesn't bode well. That's right. But yeah, I saw track suits, fanny packs, and uh, mustaches. Yeah. And curly mullets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's a, it's an aesthetic that uh, I don't care for. I've never been able yeah. to do anything to stop it. It is what it is. <laughs> but Hans Zimmer's coming back to to score it. So yeah, the Celine Dion of soundtracks. <laughs> the Celine Dion of soundtracks. I'm not even. <laughs> that doesn't sound positive. Just I thought you liked Hans Zimmer. Just, we're just gonna retire from this, and then oh yeah, we're not. Oh, I got you. Sorry, I don't follow Celine Dion's I, career I like you do. Apparently. Maybe George Strait or somebody. I don't know. There's a few <clears throat> musical people that are. Uh-huh. Like, ah, I'm done now. George Strait. <laughs> I would have gone with the Rolling Stones. I don't actually know. Anyway, that's a whole conversation. Every every other year they come out, they do a final tour. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> They're up there with walkers and fake hips. Let's, let's see. That's why I'm going to see Paul McCartney. We're, uh-huh. we're making a go of it. We're making a trip. It's a whole thing. Well, why wouldn't you? We're gonna go see Paul McCartney because he's 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 he has, he's never said that. I don't think I've ever seen him say like I'm doing a final tour. But I've seen him push this last album so much. So I'm like, I think that bloke is doing a final tour. Mm. I'm gonna go get in. I got I got to see that Beatle. Mm-hmm. Say yeah. Uh, I feel you. I wish I'd gone for the final tour with Tom. I would have. The last time that mm-hmm. he was here, I was like, eh, he'll be around. He's only his 60s. I did that with B.B. King. I still regret that, too. Yeah. Anyway, though, uh, Hans said, you know, it was odd to say yes uh, because my friend Rupert Gregson Williams, who scored the first Wonder Woman, he said, I had worked really hard at getting him the job on the first one, but remember the motif, uh, the, motif the Wonder Woman theme, is mine, actually. I wrote the damn thing. And we had done it live, and it became more and more interesting. I just thought it was important to sort of finish it. And Patty phoned me, and she had a really interesting idea as well. Again, the story she is going to tell, or she is probably right now on a film set telling, is a story you want to be a part of. So I, I'm I'm excited to hear what Hans has to do with, with Wonder Woman now. I love that theme, that little motif he wrote. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm by no means annoyed that he's coming back. I'm excited about it. No. I just no, I, get a little annoyed by the whole I'm retired thing, and then you come back when it's just seems a little dramatic you know, to me that's all he said that you know he in that interview he also talked about i didn't put it down so i'm trying to remember this mm-hmm. but he said um he felt like he didn't have anything else to say and he did say he was retiring for a while you know he did he said he didn't have anything else to say in the genre and uh and then he when he was working with ron howard i think on uh whatever it was i don't know Probably some Star Wars crap. I don't know. Um, he was r- working with Ron Howard, though. That's right. And uh, he said Ron Howard spoke to him and said, uh, you know, do yourself a favor and don't ever say no because you never know what you actually still have. And he was like, that's why he went back to do Dark Phoenix. And now he's doing Wonder Woman 1984 because he's just like, you know what? He's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. If he qualified it in some way that I've forgotten, uh, fuck me. Yeah. Uh, false argument well there are a lot of you know there are a lot of people i've i've been guilty of it myself and maybe it's true maybe this is all horseshit uh but i know myself and i I think uh scott over on Squadcast. i think we've uh, i want to say somebody from some other show but we all kind of thought that maybe he just saw the handwriting on the wall you know over about justice league and was just like you know what I'm retired from superheroes. I'm going to move on and do a superhero movie. The narrative lent itself to that interpretation. The narrative lent itself to that. I I sincerely hope that's not the case. I hope, you know, he just kind of went, you know what? I don't think I have anything else. And then 
did a couple other things. Went, you know what? Maybe I have something. Ron Howard said maybe I should. And when Ron Howard speaks, you should probably listen because Ron Howard's pretty. I mean, even even Hans called him wise. <laughs> you know, he's like a, an old sage, like an oracle. He he actually is like some physical embodiment of the wisdom of Hollywood. I like I like to imagine him like like you. I like to imagine that you hang out with Ron Howard, and like he's got a a uh, a, <laughs> a man-made reproduction of the lake from Andy Griffith's show in his office, mm-hmm. and then he just kind of hangs out and 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 faux fishes. Nice and yeah. dispenses wisdom to his underlings. I'm I'm imagining that is more like a like a virtual reality screen on one side of his office that no one else is allowed <laughs> to ever play with or touch, but it's always there and always active and like different random birds fly through and the the the, the, yeah. the, the lake ripples every now and then and he just has this little virtual reality wand and he throws out and talks while he's at meetings. Yeah, what I'm sure about like is run in and grazers like that. He's at that bastard pond again. Yeah. <laughs> Every now and then when no one's looking at night, like 2.30 in the morning, Otis runs across the side of the yeah. pond, falls in and gets out and stumbles away. Oh, I'm sorry. I broke your heart and mutter. He, uh, what I'm quite <laughs> sure about with him, he, uh-huh. he's, he's been in this since, what, how young was he? Uh, four or six or something. Let's go with six, conservatively. Let's go with seven or eight. Who cares? He's been in this industry that long, and it didn't break him. It made him stronger. Dude, listen, whatever he's got to say. Yeah. It breaks You know what? So I, many I honestly think, I, I think he's spoken to that before, and he pretty much attributes most of it to, like, his parents being pretty awesome. Grounded, I assume. And, yeah. And uh, working on specifically the Andy Griffith show as being, like, another just, like, grounded, amazing set of people who were just like, nah, man. You got to put in the work. There's personal responsibility. You can't just be some, you know, crazy child star. This yeah. Is... And then to like pick up directly, almost directly after, and be in a couple of really great movies, and then boom, Happy Days, another set of like pretty grounded people. Like that's that's some solid upbringing. Like by the time he was off of that, I mean, he left that show because he was, you know, a grown ass man. Yeah. So. <laughs> and wanted to wanted to do some stuff. And then actually, and it should have ended with that, that. Did that stuff? Yeah, it, it's uh, anyway. Long story yeah. short, on him, yeah. it's a, it's impressive, and uh, even in the right environment, he's still got to be able to take it in, and he did. It's, just mm-hmm. listen to him is my point. Yeah, welcome back, Hans. Yeah. <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> That's where I was trying to get to. Right, just lead into like the the welcome back Cotter theme, but change it to welcome back Zimmer. You can't do it. It's too melodic. You'd have to do like some minimalist interpretation of it. <laughs> Welcome. Which ironically just sounds like the Man of Steel theme. Mr. Doom, doom. Anyway. <laughs> it's going to be sad. <laughs> okay. A lot of news about Birds of Prey here. Uh, this last couple of weeks. Birds of Prey, first of all... Uh, looks like it's going to be uh, February 7th, 2020 is when it's planning uh, on being released. That seems to be the take from the rumors here. The rumor mill also says that it's going to be called uh, Fox Force 5 as the working title. Uh, do you know Fox Force 5? Do you remember that, that was at all? Oh, it's, it rings a bell. I don't know. It's from uh, Pulp Fiction. It was oh, the name of the, uh, 
the pilot that Uma Thurman's character was in. It was a bunch of bunch. It, the pilot was a bunch of women solving crimes and stuff. Gotcha. Um, and we've got a bunch of casting news for for Birds of Prey. First off, Mary Elizabeth Winstead has been cast as Huntress. I am super excited about this. She was Ramona Flowers in Edgar Wright's Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, she her. was also amazing in Ten Cloverfield Lane. She was in Fargo. She was in Brain Dead. But Ten Cloverfield Lane and, importantly, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Me and the wife just watched Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and she had never seen it before. I was like, oh, oh we're putting this on. It's great. It's fantastic. It's, uh, it's She great. says... She says she's going into training. She's learning how to shoot a bow and arrow. Uh, she says she's not a huge comic book reader, but she met Kathy Yan, uh, the, who's directing the film, and she learned the backstory of the char- character. And uh, she says it's a really strong kind of emotional place to start from for a superhero character, which, uh, you know, uh, the character of Huntress, her family was, uh, her dad was a mafia boss, and... Uh, her family was murdered and she turns to a life of uh, vigilantism so naturally i'm super excited about uh, about uh freaking ramona flowers yeah mary elizabeth winstead being cast as huntress yeah um the next one i don't know this 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 girl like and we had fair warning internet that they were looking to do a uh person of color for black canary i don't care i don't mind whatever um, <laughs> but apparently the internet's very upset about this. Oh no. Um, what yeah, will the fragile it's... internet have to say now? <laughs> I did see Flightcast over there saying like, somebody had said they didn't know her from anything and I didn't know anything. Journey Smollett Bell has been cast as Black Canary and some guy was like, I don't care what race she is. I just don't know her from anything. Like she hasn't been anything. How, how could she be Black Canary? And Flightcast That's was like, anyone who's. argument. Come on. And and he was like, anyone who's seen Full House knows full well who she is. <laughs> like, I've seen every episode of Full House several times over. I had no idea who she was. I'm like, who the hell was she in Full House? And my wife, of course, was like, oh, she was Michelle's friend Denise. <laughs> okay. Just, with, without missing a beat, how do you not know? Dave, who did I marry? <laughs> But I was, you know, oddly enough, like that's the only thing I know her from. I didn't watch True Blood when she was on it. I didn't watch Friday Night Lights. I haven't seen Underground. So, you know, my wife saying, "Oh, she was, you know, Denise on Full House." I went, "Oh, I'm down then." <laughs> she was sassy. She could work. I mean, she was like ten, but yeah, she'll work. But I can rage that up in my head. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I don't I don't get why everyone's so upset about it. I really don't. Like in 1989, Billy D Williams played Harvey Dent. No, I don't so what? We've been doing this since 89 at least. Yeah. It's it's a really annoying little portion of fandom that worries about this kind of crap. My favorite was someone saying yeah. like, "Please explain to me in, in the history of Black Canary who's been played by even in the books uh, several variations. Explain to me one story where it was absolutely integral that she was white." Fair question. Yeah. Explain to me one time that her being her being white was completely necessary for the story. And honestly, I always thought she was of some ethnicity that wasn't necessarily totally white. But that that's I, mainly because she had really like black hair maybe, underneath the wig. Maybe uh, my main thing is like even as you as you put it, I, I can't. It's never occurred to me. Which means who the hell cares? Yeah. yeah right. I was just. I mean, you know. I think she'll. You know. 
It's a She'll it's a fine. part of the know. internet I want to put in a tiny little bottle and ship it to somewhere I don't like. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah. I sorry, I sorry know. guys. I. I I don't know who's interested in that and who cares that much, but I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, it's just been such a big thing. Like, it's all I'm seeing in my timeline is crazy. Yeah. I'm just like, guys, who cares? They're ruining the, no, no, what are they ruining? They're not ruining anything. Precisely Shut up. Precisely what are they ruining? <laughs> <laughs> like, where was this outcry about Will Smith and Deadshot? Yeah. Like, I, I don't uh, know. I really don't. I'm sure there was. I just, <sighs> so frustrating. I really, I don't know. It's just so frustrating. Anyway, I've had, by the way, a lot of a lot of tinkly sounds in the background of my audio. I apologize. My dog's been moving a lot, so I just took off her collar. We're gonna. Oh, it's okay. She's story now. She never take off crypto. her collar. She's got a little Superman. I know. She's, she's got a little Superman decrypted. collar. She's, she's human de- dog oh. again. Um. <laughs> so Deadline is reporting that uh, over on uh, Birds of Prey that uh, they are going to be uh, <laughs> in a Gotham that isn't protected by Batman. I don't. I don't know what that means, but okay. I don't either. Like that's been a that was a rumor, and then somebody on Twitter was saying that, and that they heard it was it was that person. I, I didn't write their name down or anything, but we've talked about them before. That makes all these has all these little secret scoops. No, oh, sure. Batman hadn't been seen in two years or something. Whatever. I I'm, I just just give me a line. Just say that he's like abroad or something. Are they doing No Man's Land or? I, I don't know. Um, also, Birds of Prey, just about an hour ago, hour or two ago, cast Rosie Perez as Renee Montoya. Announced that. Mm, I saw that. And Ro- Rosie Perez has uh, been in a ton of things. Yeah. Do the Right Thing, White Men Can't Jump, Road to El Dorado. Like, she's been in a ton of shit. <laughs> that was the thing. Um, was I read that name and went, no way. And then I read White Men Can't Jump and went, oh, God. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. They are talking about her. Gotcha. It ju- just and, a name yeah, that hasn't uh, been on my radar for a very long time. It hasn't been on my radar either, and to, to be honest, when it was, I didn't really care for her. I've never really liked her in anything I've ever seen her in, so I'm a little a little sad about that. I'm just never... I don't think I, I don't have know. any negative memory of it. I just did not recall who the hell we were talking about when it came up. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't I don't have a reason other than she's just got the... It's, it's the Michael Chiklis thing. It's just, oh, just <laughs> something, just something chemically, chemically about her okay. bothers me. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know why it's not fair. And it's not right. But uh, much like myself, but it, you, you may have that moment where later we are like, I don't know. I don't know. I beat my chemical. Right. So I'm, I I'm always hope. I'm on board. Always hope. I always hope. Um, I did. I, I know. did unnecessarily hate Michael Chiklis. <laughs> I want that on a soundbite somewhere. <laughs> um, I've had to eat that hate with the side of Crow because he, yeah. he worked for me. So Yeah. So, uh, Renee Montoya, Gotham City detective, uh, a few years ago, Two-Face outed her as a lesbian. That was a big deal in the comics. Uh, she, uh, became the question. She, that's my favorite term. Yeah. Yeah. She sort of had like a mentor protege relationship with the, uh, with the question and then eventually became the question, yeah. uh, when he, uh, died of cancer. So, um, that was something in Gotham yeah. when I, I saw her name dropped, I thought, Oh, please, please. And it just never came to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with her. Mm-hmm. Just didn't think it'd be Rosie Perez of all people. Yeah. <laughs> I thought our days with her was over. <laughs> I, I haven't heard know. about her in a very long time. It it did. I had to I had to look it up. I wasn't sure. I yeah. I thought, but I wasn't sure. To make sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, first we had uh, Kevin Sujihara and Toby Emmerich going over to Ben's Ben Affleck's house, uh, visiting him, and everyone was just like, "Oh, well, he's going to be Batman." And then you know, more calm among us kind of went, "Ah, oh, they're just checking up on on a commodity." Yeah. <laughs> There's money invested in him. All right. He's he's he is a director. One of their directors at Warner Brothers. It doesn't necessarily mean Batman. They're going in, checking up on him. Yeah. We still don't know anything. Now we have Ben Affleck. Uh, he's been spotted uh, leaving Warner Brothers. He's had a meeting. He's got a stack of papers. People think it's a script. Um, not necessarily Batman. And still not necessarily Batman, but I will say he is looking jacked AF. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, I think everybody knows stands for Apple Farm. Yeah. As in jacked from working an apple farm. We all know this. Why, right. You get really why you super bother with these exposition dumps sometimes, Dave. I don't understand. I just don't get it. I just I want people to know. You know, we have we have some older people this in our audience. It's not the learning channel. Don't. We don't. Right. <laughs> it should be, Jason. It should be. As long as I keep that <laughs> straight. <laughs> so yeah, I'm hoping Batman. I'm sincerely hoping Batman. I will always hope for Ben Affleck to play Batman as long as he is physically able to put on the suit. I liked his 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 uh, his Batman. Yeah, and it's it's literally a thing where like you see you see one tangible image and you know a couple people were in the building and all you think is, well, this could still be anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we've got Matt Reeves talking about the Jekyll Hyde and Bruce and the Bat. Like he was, <laughs> he was talking about uh, how he looked to Jekyll and Hyde, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, as inspiration. He was talking to IndieWire, and they uh, they were asking about how like the film mirrors the duality scene in there. And he was saying, uh, he says it's interesting because one of the things that I found is uh, just working on the story is looking back at Jekyll and Hyde and the idea of your shadow self and the idea of we are all multiple things is different aspects of who we are. And I think there are times when maybe the surface of Bruce is not really who he is, but that's his disguise. There are times when Batman's the disguise, but there are times when his true essence comes out because being by being veiled, a kind of instinctual side comes out that's very pure. It's not an easy question to answer in that I think that we are all made up of so many different aspects of ourselves that we... That make the whole uh i don't know if you could ever reduce anyone to one part of what they express that's what's fun about his character is that uh there's a very bright light that shines on the shadow side uh the idea of all of that is incredibly exciting it's part of what makes him fun for me to work on i i i, I i'm i'm down with that like that sounds great yeah. that sounds like he gets the duality of batman the and i like that i am i am desperate for it to to just be so good yeah <laughs> Yeah, and like undeniably, even him describing it as that duality, I I, I want to send him you know five or six different BTAS episodes. <laughs> please, please watch these yeah. real quick. Make sure they're in your rotation yeah. before you finish. But having heard all that, it sounds like I'm going to be like, oh man, that's awesome. The bloggers are going to hate it. <laughs> they're deconstructing Batman again. I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, so, grain of salt taken, but Umberto Gonzalez over here says the studio loves Matt Reeves' first draft of his Batman script. He is currently doing revisions, and the film is being eyed f- for a hopeful summer 2019 production. Uh, of note, the current D- DC regime is committed to getting this take on the Cape Crusader correct. I, I hope all of that's true. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but again, it is Umberto, so who the hell knows? We'll see. Uh, Gareth Evans talked a little bit about Deathstroke. Uh, basically, they talked about it a little bit, and uh, he talked a lot about it. But what it boils <laughs> down to is they had a phone call, they had a conversation, he hasn't heard anything, so whenever he reads articles saying whatever about the production of Deathstroke, he's like, I wonder how they got that that information. I haven't heard anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know. That can be realistic sometimes, go ahead and, though. Yeah. Oh, so that thing I said knows? before is, yeah, okay, sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, Glenn Ficarra on the paper. I'm doing John, it, I guess. Yeah, uh, Glenn Ficarra and John Requa. I guess that's how you say those names. They wrote um, Bad Santa, and they have worked on the NBC show This Is Us. They have turned in their script for uh, the their Harley and Joker spinoff film. Um, that would be purportedly Margot Robbie and uh, Jared Leto. And uh, they're saying the whole thing starts with Harley kidnapping Dr. Phil, played by Dr. Phil, hopefully, because her and the Joker are having problems with their relationship. We had so much fun. I don't know if we have any more, uh, we've ever had any more fun writing a script in our career. They also said that tonally it's going to be like Bad Santa and This Is Us together. Are we just going to cry for 90 minutes? What, what are we doing? Well, you're forgetting the Bad Santa segment of that. Yeah, but that was still a very heartful film. Yeah. And then he says we kind of meshed I'm them still together. Measuring we're doing it with like this is us, which is just tears, tears upon he tears. He says we're we were doing a relationship movie, but with the sensibility of a bad Santa effed up, mentally deranged people. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, that, that sounds great. I, I would very much like to see that. <laughs> that said, if you're gonna do Harley and Joker's relationship, and you're gonna try to make it accurate. Just remember, test audiences didn't like it on Suicide Squad when, you know, Joker and Harley were obviously abusive to each other. And as we all know, Harley and Joker now, at least on Tumblr and in Hot Topic, are, quote, relationship goals. So, (laughs) Even in the comics, we're not doing that anymore. It's just not a thing. (laughs) Also, I have a a quick hope that at some point, uh, Harleen, who is a trained doctor, uh, calls out Dr. Phil for being a uh, fraud. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, I have a prop bet in the background. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Dudes. Yeah. That's a whole thing. <laughs> We're going to do it later. Uh, so Will Smith was on his YouTube channel. He uh, asked about the possibility of doing a Deadshot movie. He says, I hope so. I love playing Deadshot. I really enjoyed that character. They've been talking about it. So if a good idea comes around, we've been having meetings. But I would love to. I, would lo- I-, I love Deadshot. <laughs> like, how do you not... Just say yes to whatever Will Smith says. Probably. He is one of the biggest movie stars in the world. Why would you not just say, like, why are you not actively in development on Deadshot? Because every now and then he says yes to some stuff that doesn't work. Sure. Everybody does, though. Eh, there, there's some fallibility that apparently producers look at, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and I feel never judge correctly. But they do look at it. I, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um... Off of the you know standout hit Mission Impossible Fallout, Christopher McQuarrie, the uh, the writer director says uh, he is there. He's waiting to direct a Superman movie. People ask him on Twitter if he'd do a, a Superman movie. He says they know where to find me. If they ever call me, I'll call you. I'll let you know. Again, you got Cavill, you got McQuarrie. They just came off of Mission Impossible Fallout. How are you not calling them yeah, immediately and saying, hey, "Hey guys, I heard you wanted to make a Superman movie." And I and I like I'm I'm mad at Fallout, man. I don't want to see it. That's the cause of that mustache issue. 
But would you be mad at it if it winds up being the catalyst for the greatest Superman movie you might ever see? That's that's where the difference is. It's not his fault that the mustache thing happened. That that, that appeared that was an executive issue, as far as I can tell. Yeah, that was an executive issue. That wasn't Macquarie. Not his problem. He was trying to figure out a way to make the whole thing work and and everyone get what they wanted. I, yeah, I got no problem. While with they were while the executives were saying no about the mustache issue, Macquarie and and uh, and and Cavill were, were sitting over in a corner giggling over their Superman script. That's yeah. what was happening. Yeah, <laughs> but. <laughs> He, he was uh, he was actively working to try to make the the mustache happen the way it should have, uh-huh. and he was still fighting for his film because there's things you can't do with a, a detachable mustache. I get it, I get it, I get his side. I'm gonna watch that movie when it's a DC property. I cannot bring myself to watch Fallout. I'm just mad at it. Yeah, I get it, but you know. But if he yeah if he does trust a me. film, I'm I'm on board. The mustache is not that would not have saved Justice League. I enjoyed Justice League. To me, the mustache didn't kill it, but I get it. I get why it looks bad. I know it looks bad. I feel like it looks bad. Uh, I know why people didn't like the Justice League movie. I get why I liked it, though. So, you know. Here's, here's the, the, the big problem, though, is like, mm-hmm. I, I think when you quantify everything, it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't make that big a difference to the movie, This the mm-hmm. cut we saw. But the problem was we it happened so early in the movie that it felt like, like a new boss that you didn't know what to do with that came out of nowhere, like some dude from Nebraska and you work in Virginia and I've never met this guy and blah, blah, blah. And he works he, like he walks in and the first time you ever meet him, he's got his fly unzipped. Mm-hmm. That's what that reminds me of. That kind of like, Oh, I'm not sure about yeah. the foundation kind of feeling. I think I've met that guy. Was his dick pierced? <laughs> I'm going to go with probably. Actually, I'm going to go with not probably because the guy I'm talking about <laughs> would just not have any kind of weird, exhibitionist thing in the background but, but right you see my point it was it was I, like I'm, it was, afra- I'm afraid it, i did see the point that it was, was a the... bad don't we don't talk about that anymore dave <laughs> on the justice league though you you it was it was a bad foot forward and i think it would have mattered i really think it would have mattered i think it the film for a lot of people would have been interpreted differently if it looked better when they first saw that first scene yeah yeah, the the mustache is to Justice League as Martha is to BVS in a lot of ways. Unfortunately, and uh, it's the me, one the thing Martha, that all like, everyone talks about. Is, yeah, I know. And and like the Martha scene to me is entirely justifiable, and I get uh-huh. why it doesn't feel like it's executed well, and I also get why it feels like it's supposed to be executed well. Has the, uh-huh. uh, there's a huge difference though between the 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 cuts and all that crap. Uh, there's a lot of background to it. That's I'm angry that we even have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Same time with the mustache, like we don't have to talk about it. We all know that looks bad. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, like we all knew. I mean, as soon as we looked at it, it was oh god, what's going on? And then that's that's how you walked <laughs> into the film was oh what are we doing, man? What's what's that? What what's going on with that? Yeah. And I liked I like the 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 plot points of the film. I liked. I it just uh, I, I do get why that put everyone on on their back foot. I get it. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, David Ayer has been opening up much as Zack Snyder has been mm. and um, some people were kind of pointing out some plot holes and stuff and he was like it's fun to play gotcha but remember released film was very different from my original assembly which is not what how he put it when the film had just released which no. we know he, they're under certain directives and NDAs are in place and everything but yeah, he has a role to play too uh, now it looks like he is very 
he is contradicting himself from earlier. He was like, my film is the one that got released. Now he's saying my film is the original assembly. Uh, so the reason, you know, Joker, someone pointed out that Joker, he had said that Joker's metal teeth were because Batman knocked his teeth in after he killed Robin. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ayer was like, and then, but they were pointing out like, Oh, but in the flashbacks, it said that, uh, he was with Harley. He had the metal teeth, but then Harley also, it was stated in her little bio thing that she helped kill Robin. So I guess this, that happened earlier. And he pointed out that like Harley's film was vastly or ha- Harley's story was vastly simplified. It's a different cut than what was in the original assembly. Um, he did say that the the damaged tattoo was all his fault, and it was one step too far. I saw the too far <laughs> headline, and I felt, well, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree. I didn't mind the teeth. I sure as hell didn't mind the tattoos. That that was fine. Even the the really, for lack of a better word, pimp wardrobe choice. Fine. Mm-hmm. The damaged tattoo I always thought was too far. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you're interested in that kind of thing, absolutely go go follow David Ayer on Twitter and, and check that little notification box so you can see what else he's got to say. Yeah. Uh, if it's interesting enough, we'll probably talk about it here. Or you can just, like, listen to us every week. That would be awesome. That works, just, You know what? Do that part. Do that one. Do that one. Forget um, Ayer even exists. Until we tell you that he exactly. is, did. Until we mentioned. Yeah. 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 So someone... Uh, <laughs> Brought up, uh, posted a picture of a stylized Superman holding a dead Batman over on Vero and said, what we may have seen in the five-story arc. Talking about Zack Snyder's five-story arc uh, before he left. And uh, Snyder responded, of course. So apparently part of the five-story arc was he was going to kill Batman. (laughs) I I wouldn't be surprised if the last movie of that arc was Batman shooting that bullet at dark side and taking me down and then dark That's side the big killing him with like, the omega beams he might have been going for more of a final crisis thing than yeah which actually tracks i mean mm-hmm. he had a lot of new gods plans and all that all that other kind of it, it, yeah it's frightening what we'll never see yeah ironically Zack snyder is apparently quite a lot like joss whedon he likes killing people we love <laughs> yeah <laughs> nightwing jimmy olsen batman superman it's a rough time. Um, rough time. <laughs> it's a rough time, man. That's actually one of the... If there's a, a major reason at all, and I mostly want to see the Snyder Cut, I, I'm I'm not I'm not wearing a t-shirt at Comic-Con kind of thing, but mm-hmm. I get it if you are, but mm-hmm. that I'm not investing myself emotionally into this whole thing until it happens. But I do want to see it. If it's out there and it can actually be shown to me at some point, sure, I'd love to see it. Sure. And... I also don't want to see it because if I did see it, I would get so pissed about some stuff I I would want to see after that. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. perpetuating, never-ending kind of like there's just despair at the end of this tunnel. Mm-hmm. I'm a little torn on the subject. I get it, man. Uh, by the way, someone uh, brought up uh, a deleted scene from Justice League and asked who the Asian scientist was, and he said uh, Ryan Choi. Mm. Of course, everyone's freaking out about it, or a bunch of people are. I don't think we were actually going to see the atom. I think that was an Easter egg. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I, why not do like a zoom in, you see Choi on his name badge kind of thing. Why not? It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We're going to move over to TV proper. Uh, Facebook.com slash group slash DC on screen podcast. Leave us a voicemail, 205-259-6331 if you're not following along because we've got some uh, some Gotham spoilery kind of things. 
maybe they're they're spoilery but people put them out you know um and then took them back a little bit anyway over to gotham (laughs) shoot uh a fan site gotham hub has mentioned that the fifth and final season of gotham is going to premiere on march 15th 2019 so there is that i don't know if that's true but that's what they're this fan site is reporting um i'm excited about this though the season premiere is apparently going to uh take place 87 days nearly three months after the last episode and then subsequently they will also do another time jump in the premiere uh 391 days after the last finale wow two time jumps in one premiere that's a lot to play with it's exciting isn't it i'm gonna go with a (laughs) a giant cup of we'll see just chug that Uh uh-huh and on wednesday uh the Gotham writer producer, uh, I think it's Z Chun, he shared an image on Twitter mm-hmm. that had uh, the title of one of the episode scripts, and it was 507 titled Ace Chemicals, ha- and he wrote hashtag Joker, <laughs> and then he, and then he deleted the tweet. <laughs> oh. But uh, actress like deleting Brett- a tweet can create some false narrative now. Yeah, absolutely. I think that probably amped up the uh, the excitement. Yeah, but, uh, but actress, it. well, it's got to be valid. Uh, maybe I don't know. Actress Brett Taylor, though, she played Martha over in the pilot of Gotham. She put out a tweet. It was a picture uh, of her sitting with uh, Cameron uh, Monahan and uh, Sean Pertwee, Alfred, with the caption "Taking a break with the gang" and a hashtag for Martha Wayne. Okay, well that that feels like it's probably something. Why would those, why would those people be in a room? Yeah, right. And then like other people have reported that she is going to be in episode five hundred seven. I I gotta give it that one. That one does feel like it's something. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I, I want to see I the have thing. To do some deep IMDb research to figure out why those three people would be sitting next to each other, other than that project. Mm-hmm. Now, what episode was that to? I don't know. But uh, I mean, uh, it's it's for Gotham, man. It's yeah, for it's, Gotham. It's gotta be Gotham. People aren't doing anything else. Yeah. Uh, over to the Arrowverse. I'm Mulligan so excited, is, man. Sure. <laughs> the Arrowverse crossover is called Elseworlds. I'm so happy about that. Yeah. And I, I, I still don't know what to do with it, but I'm I'm happy. I'm excited. If you don't know what Elseworlds is out there, uh, it was an imprint on at, at DC that ran from 89 to 2010. It was basically the characters. It was basically the DC version of Marvel's What If, and I think they started it first, but I'm not sure about that. Don't quote me on that. But I loved Elseworlds and What If so much. Like, those were my favorite comics when I was a kid. I would read the Elseworlds stuff from DC and the What If titles from from Marvel. Because uh, I just loved those. Like, over here in this alternate universe, this weird shit happened. You're like, what? They're, they're, Wolverine killed Strife? What? They're doing some What If now Whatever. in Marvel again. Like, I, I was in a, a shop today and somebody said, yeah, uh, you, need, you need to check that out. And Yeah, uh-huh. they've, they've got more What If titles on the shelf now. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I, I, we're doing this as I'm staring at a copy of Justice League Nail. Uh huh. Um, yeah, these things were really fun, and to me now it's become kind of a concept. Mm-hmm. It, it was a real thing, but it's it's more of a concept now. Yeah, like you you just step outside. It's it's like, I don't know. It's like the graphic novel come to. It's a good word to, I don't know, summarize what a graphic novel can do. I guess. Yeah. You just tell the story another way, and sometimes it actually sticks and becomes part of continuity, and sometimes it's just, oh, God, that was a really fun thing we did. Yeah. 
So, I mean, they did kind of, they made most of the Elseworlds into, like, just different universes after the New 52. Like, it was just like, oh, that's the Dark Knight universe. Oh, that's, you know. <laughs> yeah. Steampunk, whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it looks like that's what they're doing with the crossover. I'm really excited about it. Um, they might be setting up something in the future as well. Uh, if you'll remember the 2024 uh, Flash uh, Crisis newspaper. Um and they they have cast somebody. I'll talk about it in a minute. That might be leading up to that. Um, it does seem like they might be setting themselves up for a lot of conversations. About, absolutely. Is this Elseworld? Is this not? All that kind of stuff, which uh, can be a lot of fun in the future. Depends. And well, they've been they've been teasing that we're going to see Earth 19's Accelerated Man more in the future. So yeah. this could be a perfect opportunity for it. We've got Nora Free. She could be like, you know, Batwoman's universe might be like. Maybe they're just setting it up in that universe where there is no Batman. Maybe it's only Batwoman, and Mister Freeze is really Mrs. Freeze, you know. And honestly, maybe it's I think just that's like, the smartest thing. Yeah, because a lot of uh, when I saw the the phrase Elseworld, uh, one part of me thought, "Ah, oh, we're not going to do a big crossover," because that's what that means is we're not going to do like the big mm-hmm. giant crossover. And Legends isn't going to be part of the crossover now, right? It so. What are we getting for that sacrifice? Well, we're getting like a, a nice economical world where they can play with things and maybe have way more fun than we otherwise would have had. Because, come right. on, man, we've done some serious crossovers. We did we did Alien mm-hmm. Invasion. We did uh, uh, Nazi World, basically, that crossed over into our actual world. Um, Nazi Parallel Universe, whatever. We, we, did, we did some crossovers. Like, how do you mm-hmm. make that bigger? How do you do the next big step? Well, maybe you actually step back. And tell a different story, and don't even have to apologize for telling a different story. That could be really cool. Yeah, I love alternate universes, parallel realities. I love all of that stuff. That is like one of my favorite things, if not my <laughs> favorite thing, in all of science fiction and, and fantasy. Uh, so I am just o- over the moon right now about this idea, and uh, it's, it's what I honestly wanted more of from Earth X last year. Uh, we've got Lost uh, Star Jeremy Davies. He's going to be playing uh, Doctor John Deegan. Uh, a doctor at Arkham Asylum for the criminally insane in Gotham City. He might just be crazier than the inmates he treats. That guy is really good at playing that role. His machinations will draw Green Arrow, The Flash, and Supergirl to Gotham City. He was on Constantine. You'll remember him uh, on Constantine. He was one of the, the Newcastle people. Um, yeah, that guy. He's the guy that like evolved to the another plane reality, of reality. Uh, bender guy. Yeah, he, he yeah. could just yeah. No, I mean I already know who you're talking about, and I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> you described a, a character. And said he was unconscious. I was like, oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. That's how well that, that casting yeah. works for me. Here's here's another casting, though, and this is great. Oh, by the way, that would actually be kind of neat, is if there was an Elseworld that tied in. Because we've, uh-huh. we've been annoyed a couple times because there has been Arrowverse casting that con- uh, like conflicted with uh, Constantine casting. Mm-hmm. This could be a lot of fun. Yeah, but Arrowverse casting conf- conflicts with Arrowverse casting. So... <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. when you, you bring in an Elseworld, it could be something that feeds into itself. Like, that could be a conversation we're having. I'm, I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about this. LaMonica Garrett of Designated Survivor and a bunch of other shit has been cast uh, for the Elseworlds crossover as the Monitor. Oh. Yeah. Oh, damn. And I don't I don't really know his body of work, but uh, he cute. We have a Monitor. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Dude, he's like ripped too. Like he looks, he looks sick. Like that's fair. I'm excited about monitor that. Monitor always looks playing. sick when you see it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Actually, Mar Novu. 
I think it was the recent Justice League where he actually does physically look sick. He's not well. Mm-hmm. But other than that, well, I mean, I mean, like by by thick, I mean, I mean by sick, I mean thick is what <laughs> I mean. Like he's he's ripped. Uh, he's playing an extra extraterrestrial being of infinite power known as the Monitor. Mm-hmm. And per comicbook.com, their explanation because I didn't have time to type it out, and also my fingers are gone. Oh, the Monitor. Poor fingers. <laughs> it's hard to type. The Monitor was created well. by Marv Wolfman. You've done well for not having fingers. Thank you. Uh, the Monitor was created by Marv Wolfman and George Perez uh, as part of DC Comics' 50th anniversary. And uh, he was one of two ageless beings, the other being the Anti-Monitor, who personified and wielded the energies of the matter and antimatter universes. Crisis on Infinite Earths dealt with the idea that since the matter universe had been split into infinite multiverse, each of the individual universes were weaker leaving them more vulnerable to attack by the anti-monitor than they otherwise would have been. So that's that's your little breakdown of who the guy was in the in in the comics mm-hmm. and where he he stands in the uh, in the mythos. I'm excited they're even introducing this. I would love it if in 2024 we got, you know, a monitor and anti-monitor proper and they just really did like, you know, oh, do yeah. it up. You could bite off the entire freaking Apple man. Uh, mhm. That's that's an exciting possibility. Yeah. Uh, over on Arrow, we've got a, a casting. Shadow Hunters star Catherine McNa- McNamara, McNamara, bleh, sure, has been cast in a in a major role. They're likening her to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, maybe like a superhero slayer. We've talked, we've heard that mentioned before in uh, in uh, details about this season coming up. But they're referring to her as a scrappy street fighter and a thief from Star Star City. I don't know Shadow Hunters. I don't know her body of work, but she cute. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's going to be more casting, and I'm just not. I'm not going to keep doing that joke. They're all cute. <laughs> Every one of these people are cute. It's the right, CW, y'all. of course. <laughs> uh, it's Black a, Lightning. It's a thing there. Black Lightning's got a new person, uh, Kieran Giovanni. Uh, she is from, I didn't write it down, I guess, bunch of shows, TNT stuff. I don't know. I don't know her body of work, you know, blah, 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 cute. Mm-hmm. But she's been sure. cast as a person named Cutter, smart, proud, tough, beautiful woman, more than able to best a man in combat. That's via, that, that line is via deadline. Uh, mm-hmm. she also happens to be a mercenary that was trained by British intelligence. I'm down. Oh, she was on TNT's major crimes. I did write that down. Uh, Krypton, they have cast Lobo, dude, and you're going to be excited. Go. Emmett J. Scanlon. Okay. Walk me through who I'm supposed to remember early. Oh. Um, the Spectre, Jim Corrigan on oh. Constantine. He's going to be Lobo. Oh. Yes. Yes. I mean, admittedly, like, the picture they showed of him on the site, like, he kind of, like, he's got, like, the beard and all, but he kind of looks like, you know... Hottie toddy nine oh two one oh version of Lobo, but whatever. It's Lobo. I don't care. Yeah, no. He's <laughs> I liked him on Constantine. Yeah. I I know the kind of attitude that guy can play and yes. Yeah. They uh they have him set to recur as the character and they're describing him pretty much as he is in the comics, ruthless bounty hunter who murdered his entire species. I mm. am really, 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 really hoping that they let him have his humor though. Like, Krypton is not a show known for his humor. Not too much. Like, Adam Strange is a little funny. Yeah, but... And I, I don't mean that on multiple levels, serious, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Just so we're clear, I don't want any hate mail. 
Like he is a little humorous, I guess I should say. Humorous, sure. I don't know what they're gonna what. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a good clarification. Sure. Yeah, I I just want to make sure. You know, everybody's getting run off Twitter these days. I don't know. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited about this guy. I think. Uh, I mean, I've been excited since they said Lobo. I'm like, you know what, Krypton kind of gave me the case of the meh. But you know what, Lobo sounds fun. Let's do that. Did you see the new I, Titans I didn't trailer? I exactly have a case of the meh. I. I. Oh okay. I did like it. I really did like it for for uh, especially for how short it was and how condensed it was. It, See, I felt like it was a little long. It felt longer than it was, which is not a good sign. Yeah, I, I what I'm about to say is a contradiction in terms, but that's fine. <laughs> I do. We're feel two different like, people. It's okay for us to disagree. I do feel like it could have told its story better and tighter. But looking back now, uh-huh. I think well, they got a lot done, <laughs> and it wasn't that many episodes. Yeah. I, I, I there's a uh, God, like I, I know I remember saying like, yeah, they should, they probably should have snuck that in and. And less time, but looking back, I kind of remember it differently. You know what? But I think it 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 really does. Like they might have done a, a really good job. It might have been really super tight. It may just be a job of, as Brent Clark from uh, Fans Without Borders put it, I don't care about Superman's grandpa. Like I think that just <laughs> that just hones in on the real problem of the show so far for me. <sighs> Like it, I think it was just an internal problem. Like I'm looking at it and I'm like, ah, you could do anything. I don't care. <laughs> I'm trying real hard, but I just don't care yet. But I, you know, they've got Lobo. I'll, I'll, let's let's do this. Let's, they they left it in a weird good place. So they did, and I I think I did actually care about Superman's grandpa. That's awesome. They found me at a good pacing where, uh, yeah. I, I don't like even in the pilot where they they kill the the, the poor Zod like he, mm-hmm. as opposed to the poor Zod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the um, I I think I kind of like the actor is what it maybe came down to on that one. I like the oh, scene, well, like the actor, he, like the the play. No, no, no. I I, I like the guy playing his great grandfather or whatever. Like I'm t- like the main character, Cameron is Superman's grandfather. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah. Wrong I get you. Yeah, the great grandfather. Yeah, well done. <laughs> I Super like that guy. grandfather. I like all of them. I'm just kind of not caring yet. I ended up liking yeah, that too. Sorry, it just it. Man. I did. I. It caught me at a good time too, where I had a little bit of space to breathe. Uh, kind of, I don't know. It, I, I had a moment to to take it differently, and I was I was open to it, so it, it worked for me. I wound up really liking the Zod storyline, and I wound up really liking the little girl and feeling bad for her. Mm-hmm. And, like, Brainiac was a beast, but I don't know. I just I struggled with it a little bit. I'm still trying to stay positive, you know. I don't want to anger anyone. Yeah. But, you know. I'm, hmm. I'm, I, I am still down. I am still down for it. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. All right. The new Titans trailer. You new saw this Titans thing, right? Yes. Uh, are they implying that Batman disappeared for a year? Or has it disappeared for over a year? Mm-hmm. Is, is that what you think they're implying at the beginning of that trailer? They're like, we haven't seen him in a year. Why would he be in Detroit? Blah, blah, blah. I hope he's just passing through. I'm not sure. I'm really not. Yeah. I feel like that was like... I feel like maybe they're mentioned, they're trying to bring up somebody else, and but they're trying to make us think that they're talking about Batman in the trailer. I don't know. But uh, I'm amped for the show, but so far in this trailer, um, about half of the cast seems like they're really bad, and I hope that's not true. Oh, I haven't had a problem with the cast at all. I actually thought you'd point oh, out something different. Oh, that was my first thing, is that, like, 
Some of it was just a little over the top. Like, you know, sometimes on Gotham, they can just be like, did you know you were in the show? Did this, this show? Did you? Okay. Well, continue <laughs> to overact. <laughs> yeah, sometimes uh, with Gotham, you uh, you think someone's like in a community theater kind of play, and they're like, oh, no, you're on national television. Yeah. Like, oh, crap. I didn't like get the that guy at that all. Played, um, sort of like the guy that played Commodore Decker in Star Trek. He was in one episode, and he just like overacted. Yeah, and then like years later, he was like, "I thought I was on a kids show," and then like looking back on it, I was, I'm like, "Oh, I shouldn't have played it like that at all." Yeah, like literally <laughs> retconned the the acting. No, I, I didn't. I didn't get that at all. Not from the actual acting. Good. The one thing I thought you were gonna have a have a bone to pick with was um, Gar's tiger transformation. Why? I'm really the person to actually point this out, but it 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 did look a little off, and I kind of hope they work on that. I mean, the CGI looked bad, but. I'm pretty used to it at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah. That that was, honestly, that was about my only problem with it. Seriously. I, you know, there's that, and then there was a clip later of him changing back, and he was naked, and they're like, why are you naked? And Starfire laughing at that, and I, that just, I guess I just saw that, see that scene with that context, and just went, eh, I'm good. If they have good humor, I don't care if the CGI is bad. Yeah. and I, I, <laughs> Which like, is also a case for why I enjoy Justice League, by the way. <laughs> I liked the humor enough. That's fair. But was it perfect? But I liked it enough. I like you remember, uh, like the old like Wolfman freaking mm-hmm. Judas contract kind of era stuff. Yeah, it was all very sexy. Like mm-hmm. everyone was kind of hitting on each other at any even point. Felt like a soap oh, yeah. opera at some points. Absolutely. And in this trailer, we get like you know, looks like Starfire's about to get the dick. <laughs> dick Grayson, that is. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it. it I don't know. I I kind of like that as an homage to it. Like mm-hmm. some part of me does want Gar to be kind of hitting on everyone at at every point because that makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. But um, overall, I kind of watched it and thought, well, all right, the action looks fantastic. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Raven and all her special effects look fantastic. I'm mm-hmm. on board. Uh, I actually like them incorporating everybody else. Like it it it's got a it's it's a show that's got a lot of depth right now. And then you know the four and a half minutes we've seen. I'm kind of excited, mm-hmm. but the one thing watching the trailer, I was like, eh, I would like you to work on that tiger. That's all. That tiger? Yeah. yeah that's it. <laughs> I, I, I would like you to work on the tiger. Uh, other than that, I'm I'm pretty on board. Like, the fight scenes look fantastic. Yeah. They look pretty good. Just the tiger. Just work out that tiger for me. Yeah. Just uh, some of the, some of the like, villains and stuff. Like, specifically, uh, Dove seemed like she was not... I don't know if it was the way they like cut her lines to fit in the trailer, or if it was something else. If it was just her being not great or the lines being kind of weird, I don't. I don't know. But something about her, I didn't like the, her delivery of you know, you know, it's hard to raise a kid. Blah blah blah. You should. You of all people, what happened between you and Bruce? And I just I didn't buy that delivery at all. And those whatever the bad guys were, like the like the guys in the alley. Doing. No, not them. They weren't great, but yeah, they're them. disposable. We're not. We're gonna worry about them. They're disposable. I'm talking <laughs> about like the. It was like a. Uh, it was like a. Uh, larger framed woman and man, I think, and they were in like white clothes or something. I don't. I don't know. Mm. I don't remember now. But they said some stuff, and it was just like, ugh, that was a weird line. <laughs> that was a weird way to put that. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I'm excited for it still. As, as excited as I can be with all these superhero shows on my plate. Like, I feel like I'm drowning a little bit. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. 
We always are. But I mean, that doesn't stop me from looking at the, you know, the still Stephen Amell puts out of him, like fighting a dude naked and me going, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. I, I, that being said, like this, uh, this week I watched the, like the first episode of the gifted and thought, Oh, it has begun. <laughs> I still haven't watched the gifted and I don't plan on it right at this point. Like I'm just I not it. even playing I did. with it. I like, enjoy it. Uh, I'm glad. I'm so glad for you. <laughs> My wife says I'm still watching it, and I feel stupid for it. Oh, I I can't get with that. I, I enjoyed it. The okay. Runaways is one of those where, like, if I watch it again, I'll think, Ugh, I'm just buying into Fool Me Twice. I mean, we've all got one of those, yeah. I guess, or more. Yeah. Um, Gifted was one of those where they were like, oh, it's not in the movie universe, it's not connected to MCU, it's like, oh, it's cool, it's not connected to anything. I don't have to watch it. <laughs> Thank you, God, I don't have to watch it. I, I kind of watched it and thought, well, this is refreshing. I don't have to care about it connecting to anything. Yeah. No. No. By the way, you want to know what I want to see in the crossover more, anything, more than anything? I want to see Hartley, Justin Hartley as, as Green Arrow. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah. There was that picture from a while back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just get, like, a shot of Arkham and just have, like, a plate that says uh, C. Sullivan on it? Mm. Just, just Chloe Sullivan that stuck in a... That would be fantastic. <laughs> and do it like they did Arrow, where it's just, just literally just, like, a blonde yelling some crazy stuff. That was all we got. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what happened with you and Chloe? Oh, you don't want to know, man. <laughs> Let's just say I, I ended it when she branded me. <laughs> what happened with Chloe? Got a little weird. Got a little weird. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> anyway, uh, Swamp Thing. Jennifer Beals has been cast in Swamp Thing. Uh, she was in Taken. She's in The Grudge 2, Book of Eli, The L Word, uh, L Word uh, Flashdance. Uh, yeah, she's been in a bunch of stuff. I wasn't crazy about her in Taken. My wife watches Taken. I do not. Um, yeah. Whole swaths of that show are bad, though. The the girl that plays... Um, who's the girl that dates Cisco on The Flash? What's her name on the show? Gypsy. Gypsy. God, I just couldn't, couldn't that, pull it out. That, that even took me a minute. I, I don't remember her real name. Or her actual Gypsy. real name. Right, no, me either. She's on Taken, though. Trash. Just like, that whole show is trash. The whole thing. <laughs> Flush it. You're uh, done. And I'm like, I've seen, uh, I've seen you do good work. Like the one, the only person on that show is the guy playing the young Liam, Liam Neeson. He does a pretty good job of playing a young Liam Neeson. Sounds pretty funny. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen maybe two of these, uh, two two episodes of this thing, and it's just, oh, oh, what are we doing? It's been, I think it's been canceled now. Thankfully, I like I laughed. Thanks to Great Bird of the Galaxy. Whoever. <laughs> God, whoever on the internet pointed this out to me was like, Taken 1, we'll call it. Oh my god, my uh-huh. daughter's taken, or whatever. Taken 2, oh my god, my daughter's taken again. Taken 3, you're a bad parent. <laughs> I don't know where I, I don't know where I saw that. I don't know who to attribute it to, but it's a good point. And when they uh, they brought up the whole, like, we're going to do it as a TV series. It's like, oh yeah, you're just, that's just like, that's a DHR nightmare. Yeah. And it's weird, too. It's like, oh, it's him before he's him, but it's set in present day. Everyone's so taken. it's not really canon. It's not canon. Everyone <laughs> keeps getting taken. 
It's a weird. We have it's a, a weird uh, premise. I just kind of laughed at. Yeah. Moved on. It just the Taken movies always reminded me of the Death Wish movies, where it was just like Charlie Bronson running around like, oh, his wife and children were murdered, and then Death Wish Two is like, his girlfriend's daughter is in trouble, and then like Death Wish Three is like his cousin's orthopedist <laughs> has a missing dog. Death Wish 4. There's a fourth cousin he had heard of some time. I think he met him at a family reunion. Right. <laughs> he carries around, at this point, a, an aged copy of a Christmas yeah. card he once carried that he thinks might be that guy. We're killing everyone. And, like, yeah. Death Wish 5. Those damn kids won't get off my lawn. Yeah, that's where that ends. <laughs> For sure that's where that ends. Anyway. Or Death Wish, Death Wish 5. <laughs> DMV. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens first. Damn. Doom Patrol. We have a negative man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt Bomer, I guess. Uh, from White Collar, American Horror Story, and Glee. I don't know the cat, but cute. Stargirl. She, we've, we've, we've got her. Uh, Breck ba- Basinger. Uh, as far as I can tell, she's not related to Kim. Basinger, she's uh, she was on All Night in School of Rock. I don't remember her from anything. She's going to be Star Gore, uh, Star Star Goyle, Star Girl, Star, Star Girl, Courtney Whitmore, yeah. yeah, in the upcoming DC Universe show. And excitingly, Watchmen, HBO's Watchmen, scored by Nine Inch Nails. Oh, oh mm. I have been excited by a lot of things. Oh, this excites me very much. I mean. I know there's going to be some people out there like, oh, how could they do that? Well, they they did it just fine with the social network. Trent and Atticus can do things. You just wait. I mean, they've done they've scored stuff. Oh no, they've done they've done plenty. They have won my heart. Oh yeah, dear sir. They've won awards. They have won dear awards for it. Sir. So, uh, I am I am uh, more than happy. That sounds absolutely fine to me like uh, you are way more excited about it than i am i i, I, I still I'm thought like viscerally that's really cool. excited about it but i yeah it's, it's one of my favorite people and group of peoples and now just a couple of peoples i guess making music but oh damn man I, that was very exciting news for me Mm-hmm. and it you know it, to me it lends credibility to it like i've i have liked their scoring work and uh you know who knew back in the day when you're listening to Closer, that you're going to be, you know, <laughs> Keep winning back. Academy Awards for scoring. Let's do, uh, let's get physical or suck, suck or something. Uh, yeah, like, it, there's, like, late 1980s, man. There's there's no uh, indication that this is what we, what we would be doing right now. And yet, here we are, mm-hmm. and I'm excited, and I think for sure they have the chops to do it, and it's going to be fantastic. Absolutely. I'm on board, y'all. And uh, finally, we got a little bit of news here, and it's going to be such a letdown based on that last one. Mm. CW has revealed Constantine Mm. the Legend Continues, the animated series for CW Seed, starring Matt Ryan, which is great. It's going to start airing in October. I wouldn't watch it until they put out the Blu-ray, honestly, because they always come back and be like, oh, here's like 40 minutes of extra material. As opposed to the 30 this minutes. This is why the show didn't seem like a good show. You gave it to us. Yeah. This is why we jumped plot points and didn't make any damn sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. 
It's and it's going to be in the same continuity as City of Demons, which means it's going to be in the same continuity as Justice League Dark. It will not be in the Legends of Tomorrow continuity, nor the Constantine NBC continuity. So, uh, you know, people who are only following that don't have to worry about watching this damn thing. And uh, we'll watch it at some point, because we, we are going to be making our way through the animated movies. Yeah. Um, at some point. So we have, a, we have a flashpoint in the can. We'll post it when... You know, something happens. Like, I cut my fingers off again, or Jason has a kid here in a minute. Yeah, um, seconds from now. Oh, by the way, by the way, I guess we do have some more news. Fathom Events, uh, November 12th. And I've looked at the, our calendar. We share a calendar on our phone. Do we? And I've noticed that's the due date. We do. That is. It's just Google doesn't know what to do with all of our different accounts, mm-hmm. so it just, like, throws all of our shit together. And I'm like, well, I went to look at the calendar, and it says due date, and I went, oh, for, well, for I don't think what? Jason will be coming. What term paper? Oh, okay. Uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Fathom Events. I, me and Bethany are going to have uh, our tickets. We're going to go see it with Scott. I uh, just found out about it last night and uh, was about to message you when I looked down and went, oh, this is the due date. Yeah, it's I'll talk to happen. him tomorrow about I'm it. deeply envious. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I am. I am. <laughs> but I have uh, a... Yeah. I have like a a single person ticket to Anthony Jeselnik and David Cross in the like the couple weeks before. Ooh, I, it's one of those. Now where I'm like, kind of envious. I may not even make it, but if yeah. I do, it'd be fantastic. But I'm just gonna get right back home after. Like it's one of those like go out, get back home. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> Shit can get weird. <laughs> Gotta be on go guard. out, get back home. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So yeah, um, tickets for Mask of the Phantasm should be. Uh, I mean, go to Fathom Events, check it out if uh, if you guys are are uh, into that and want to go see the Mask of the Phantasm in theaters. I missed it when I was a kid. I missed it in theaters. So it was out for such a short amount of time, but I was like in line to get that VHS, buddy. Oh yeah, <laughs> you probably had like three. I was weeks like, wait, it's gone. It I don't even think it was that. I really don't, because yeah, I was like anticipating it, and, like. We gotta go do this, and they're like, "Oh, it'll be out for a minute," and then it wasn't. Like, oh, I guess it's gone. No, I was a kid. I was real. Like, I mean, let's face it, I haven't changed that much. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, that's gonna do it. I think that's it. That's all I have uh, for this week. Facebook.com/slash/groups/slash/dconscreenpodcast. Leave us a voicemail two zero five. What? Titans internationally. I was gonna ask you if you had anything. Huh? Titans internationally. <laughs> do we do that? Oh, yeah, the, the international thing. Yeah. Titans is going to be on Netflix internationally. I forgot about that. That is all. You told me I had it in my notes, and then I didn't have it because you told me. Like, I just, <laughs> I was, oh, I, already, I, I had it in the, in the one tab. Three of you. I had it on the one tab. I was going to stick it in the, in the notes, and then he, uh, Jason told me about it, and then I went, I'm like, yeah, I know, or whatever. Oh. I told you about it, something. You said it, and I thought you meant, nah, never mind. Anyway, so he brought it up. It confused me. I looked at the one time and went, oh, we already put that in because right. I remembered talking about it. So, yeah, Titans is going to be on interna- uh, internationally on Netflix. Not so, domestically on Netflix. Not domestically, that but internationally. you have to pay for. Yeah. seven ninety nine a month or whatever for, I think it's 76 I think it's 76 75, $75.99, I think is the, the amount I remember for yearly. Anyway, <laughs> still got to do DCU. Yeah. Well, Titans. I don't know if they're going to do anything. But they'll probably do the other things. Yeah. Until DC Universe gets their shit together and puts it out internationally. I, I, at the moment? Uh, 
at the moment. They're trying to make a bunch of stuff, and they need to make their money back. So paid subscription, yeah, I get it. Yeah. That's the sure. model. I mean, that's what you're doing. CBS All Access is having the same problem. They've, they've go to Netflix internationally for uh, Discovery. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, was there anything else? Nope. Did you have anything? Okay. As I was saying, leave us a voicemail, 205-259-6331. And, uh, well, I don't know. We'll talk to you later. Talk to you next week if everything works out. Bye-bye. Later. Oh, yeah. Um, keep some DC on your screen. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, could be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Effie Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time, TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, an improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more.